Hi there, I'm interrupting this podcast because I want you to know about something that's time sensitive. On Tuesday, March 10th at 10 a.m., I'm hosting a free one-hour live training, and you're invited. In fact, all you have to do is go to truththetable.com slash free dash training and sign up for the reminders, and it'll give you everything to log in and get there. You know, the whole training is about living powerful in a demanding world, and I don't know about you, but I often wish I knew the secrets to how people live powerful. I always am curious, like, what do you do that helps you live the life that I want to live or live my life better? And so this training is all about strategy. It's, I'm going to unpack things I use every single day to run a ministry and an organization and my family and my marriage and all the things that are on my plate. So I encourage you, join us 10 a.m. on the 10th. We also will have another replay at 5.30 that evening if you can't make that one. Uh, But most importantly, I just want you to feel empowered and I don't want you to miss out. So again, go to truththetable.com slash free dash training and save your spot. Okay, now let's jump into today's podcast. This is Havala's podcast, and I'm Havala Cunnington. Today, we're going to talk about something that we all struggle with, we all deal with in our own way, but it actually feels like it's motivating us, but really, it's draining us. I want to talk about guilt. I want to talk about how guilt seems to be the best motivator, but also the greatest drain in our lives. Let's talk about guilt. Why do people feel guilty? Why do I feel guilty? Here's some things, some reasons why people feel guilty. Number one, people feel guilty for not feeling guilty enough. Yes, that's the truth. People can often feel like they need to feel guilty for eating that, saying that, doing that, you know, buying that, and they don't feel guilty and they should feel guilty, right? Uh, Maybe they feel guilty for not pleasing others. You know, being a people pleaser, I have championed that in my own life, but just, you know, feeling guilty that I can't keep everybody happy. You might feel guilty for asking for what you want. Some of you out there, and I grew up in a home with a couple women in my world that were like this, and they just didn't know how to ask for what they wanted. And we were, we were required to figure it out without them ever communicating it. And so uh, part of the narrative was, if I ask for what I want, then I'm needy right? So we feel guilty for having needs and that can often hurt us. Maybe we feel guilty for being successful. You know, maybe having things work out and maybe you have a friend that it didn't or maybe you have a spouse that hasn't worked out for and it feels guilty for being successful. Maybe you're the most successful person in your family and that feels, you feel guilty for that. Maybe you feel guilty for not creating the perfect combination between work and life, right? Like that's, that's real. I have often felt guilty 
where I am, wherever I am, whether I'm at home or I'm at work, I feel guilty for disappointing or, or dropping the ball in some other area. And so I just live with this perpetual sense of feeling guilty, like I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I feel guilty for having or setting boundaries. How many of you know that irresponsible people want us to feel guilty for saying no, for putting up a boundary? They, they thrive on that so that we can actually bow down to what they want us to do and live with that reality. Maybe you feel guilty for not thinking or being like everybody else. Maybe you're unique or individual and you just, you know, you don't, you don't think and act like everybody else. Maybe you feel guilty for thriving when other people aren't around you. Maybe you feel guilty for feeling or for relaxing, or maybe you feel guilty for not for having too much fun or not having enough fun, or maybe you feel guilty for not feeling enough or not communicating enough or whatever it is. But the feeling of guilt is I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. I am wrong. I'm not doing it right. And it feels like it's a perpetual sense that I can't get it right. And guilt is you know, it's it's there for a purpose. Not all guilt is wrong. In fact, when we do something wrong, the Bible gives us a sense of conviction. We are guilty. We did what was wrong. And I think the world is so quick to, well, I don't want to feel guilty and I don't want to feel responsible and I don't want to feel ashamed. Well, you know, feeling ashamed is actually helpful. <laughs> <laughs> not that we live ashamed of who we are, but we live ashamed of the choice we make and we change the choice so that we can actually get rid of the shame of feeling like we shouldn't have treated someone like that or did that to ourselves or did that to somebody else. So it can actually assist us. But the feeling of guilt can erode us if we don't know how to actually deal with guilt and find out what truth is. So here's what I really find. I find that people feel guilty in their relationship with Christ. Like deep down, I think we feel like we could be a better follower of Jesus Christ. We could be a better leader. We could be a better reader of scripture, memorizer, faster, fasting, or, um, you know, we feel guilty like we should be further in the word. We should know more. We should hear God's voice better. We should be a better preacher. We should have more connections. We should have more influence. Whatever it is, there's this guilt that wants to follow us around. And I find that the Bible says the truth will set you free. And when we know the truth, guilt comes off. Like we realize that is a lie. That's not truth. That's that's something that's trying to motivate us. And guilt can often try to motivate us, but it can also keep us bound from feeling free and feeling vibrant. One of the ways that I find that we feel guilty in our walk with Christ is we believe that everybody else feels closer to Christ than we are. We believe that people hear God's voice more than we do. We believe that people are spending way more time in the word and way more time, you know, talking to God and way more spiritual in their families. And of course, they're having family devotions for hours a day and they're praying over their kids for hours and they're prophesying over their spouse. And of course, we, you know, we haven't picked up our Bible this week and maybe we haven't even gone to church this month or whatever it is. And we can feel guilty like there's a disconnect and the enemy of our souls wants us to feel guilty so we don't engage so it always feels like it's an arm's length. We can't achieve, we can't grow, we can't build. And this is what I want us to acknowledge and understand. And what I, if I was sitting next to you, I would want to just grab your face and look at you in the eyes and say, sweetheart, <laughs> 
this is not going to be, there's no future in this. This thought process of you and God and how you're doing life, there's no future in you feeling guilty about your walk with him. Part of the reason you're feeling guilty is because you have a disconnect of knowing what it really takes to walk with Christ and to live with Christ. And it's like the single person that imagines marriage is this way. And when you get married, you're like, yeah, of course we love each other. And we have sex and we you know, have these romantic times and we love doing life together. But that's like not all of it at all. In fact, there's a lot of it that's just real life. In fact, you know, the romantic part of it is like very small percentage of what real life looks like together in marriage. And it's the same with Christ and our walk with Christ. I think we can romanticize what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus rather than realizing that a lot of what we do is not having time with Christ, but it's living life with Christ, right? It's not the hour in the morning. It's that throughout the day, having the conversation with him. It's the it's the prayer time when we have a few minutes and we're like, God, help my kids tonight or help my marriage tonight or God, what do you think about this? And we just continue the conversation throughout the day. And that's what it looks like to walk with Christ rather than, you know, our whole marriage isn't one date night. Our whole marriage is every single day communicating and talking and fighting for what we know we want and living that out. And so why, why do we feel guilty? I think we feel guilty in our walk with Christ because we don't know how to grow our life in Christ and we assume everybody else knows how to do it. Yeah. I think we assume that everybody else knows how to walk with Christ in a better, more powerful, more richer way than we do. And we are missing something. And that nagging feeling of missing something is what hurts our walk with him. So we have to go back to the basics in order for us to live a vibrant and healthy and rich life with Christ. We have to go back to knowing that nobody gets a free pass. Nobody gets this magic, prayerful, prophetic moment, and then all of a sudden, they're close to God, and they hear God, and everything just seems to work for them. No, 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 no. Nobody gets a free pass. Everybody has to start from the ground level and begin to build a relationship with Christ. That's how it works. In fact, let me remind you, all growth starts at baseline. Listen, every baby that I've had had to start out with me feeding them, dressing them, nursing them, helping them learn to walk. I had to start out with each child. I didn't I didn't give birth to an adult. <laughs> that would be very weird, right? The baby comes out of you walking and talking and like, hey mom, like no that no <laughs> like it starts out small and you you build them and you grow and it begins to nurture them until they become to be like little people and then grown ups and that's what it looks like. It's the same way with our walk with Christ. Like even you spiritual leader who's leading thousands of people that are listening to this right now, or those of you that have been in Christ for 15, 20 years, you listen, you got to pull it back and get back to understanding that if you have never grown this on purpose, you're not going to be an expert in this area. So if you have been a learner of the word, but you've never actually been prophetic, you've never prophesied over somebody, you've never heard God's voice in that way, then you are a beginner. You're a newbie in this. So don't be ashamed of that. Don't feel guilty for that. Realize that it's new for you and you're going to have to start out fresh. There are things that I'm learning like 
you know, I was a preacher. I spoke for many, many years, but I wasn't a writer. I wasn't an author. I didn't enjoy writing. And so I had to spend time starting out with the basics. How do I structure a sentence? How do I use an adjective? How do I use spell check? How do I grow a concept? And that took me years in order to grow. And I had to start out as a beginner. Even though I was an expert communicator, I was a beginner author. Maybe you have been an expert in leading people and you're a career woman or maybe you've you know been able to build, but you're a new mom. Guess what? You're a new mom. You might have be killing it at work, but you've never done baby before. You've never done infant. You've never been done school kid before. So realize that you're growing. It's the same way with our walk with Christ. The reasons we feel guilty is often we have missed something along the way that's allowed us to grow something that's intentional and authentic. And so we feel guilty because we believe we should be further, we should know more, we should have more, and we've got to go back to the basics and say, okay, how do I grow my life in Christ on purpose? So the first thing you really want to think about is that you were created to be fruitful, Like you were created to live a vibrant and full life. You were created to see the small things grow into big things. You were created to develop, to build, to to grow. And you were created to nurture. And you were created to see these small things and grow into big things. Like you're meant to see your child grow into a a thriving adult. You're meant to see your, your, your new business grow into a thriving business. You're meant to see your small beginning marriage grow into a vibrant, long lasting marriage. Like everything God gives us is meant to grow and thrive and see it through. In fact, I think we love watching people take small things and then grow into vibrant things. Like this is the reason we love to see reality shows where people have maybe started out overweight and they lose the weight or maybe they have a... a, you know, a failing restaurant and it grows into a thriving restaurant, or maybe, you know, they were down and out and they build their life into like, they become an influencer and they become a vibrant leader. Why do we love that? Because we love to see these small things grow into big things. It's part of our spiritual DNA. Like it's the reason we crave. It's the reason we feel unrest. It's the reason we sit and we dream about our future and what could be. It's the reason we have this kind of agitated feeling around us that there should be more and there could be more. It's because that's exactly right. God put us in a garden in the very beginning and he put us there to tend the the plants and to lead the animals. He wanted us to be a part of seeing a vibrant, uh, economical, uh, you know, biological growth around us. He wanted us to participate in that. And so when we don't see growth, we get frustrated. When we don't see something growing to vibrancy, it bothers us. When we see our kid not growing into the person they're meant to be, it sits with us. When we see our marriage stagnant, it bothers us. When we see our church go through hard times and it feels like it's not growing, it bothers us. It's not because we're discontent. It's because there's a part of us that knows there is more. We require more. So instead of beating yourself up and feeling guilty because you want more, you want to become more, or you want to have more, what if you saw that it's actually part of your God-given DNA to crave for more, to want more in your life. And that is what God put within you. 
So becoming fruitful, bearing fruit, that means growing a life, building a life, even even down to wanting more income and wanting more influence and wanting more authority, all of that, wanting more anointing, none of that is in itself bad. All of that is because we want to see fruitfulness in our lives. We want to see the work that we've done with our hands and our minds and our hearts. We want to see it flourish to where there's evidence of growth that's happened inside of us. So can you just take a deep breath right now and stop feeling guilty for wanting more? Stop feeling guilty for wanting more. You were made, and I think Lisa Turker said it, you were made to crave. You were made to have this deep desire for more in your life. And that was what God gave you. And if you are not growing your life, you are going to deal with depression and discouragement and anxiety because you are not living as the person Christ came to for you to become. You know, you living paycheck to paycheck and weekend to weekend and just barely getting through, that is not the life he came to give you. And, you know, you're not living up to your potential. <clears throat> Excuse me, you are not living up to your potential. I'm sorry, but I cannot give you confidence and ease when you are living half your life and you are just medicating your own journey, hoping that you'll feel content by eating a certain meal or by, you know, having a certain person in your life or, you know, maybe just finally getting the income or finally getting the house or finally getting the marriage. And you know what, sweetheart, you're not going to feel content. Why? You'll have momentary peace but there is a part of you that was meant to crave for more, meant to build more, meant to prepare and meant to produce more in your life. And so that desire to do that is God-given. Don't resist that. Embrace that and say, God, I'm not going to feel guilty for wanting more. I receive grace to want more because I believe you're going to give me strategy to build more in my life. And then secondly is that, you know, you have to remember that you are a spirit. You know, you're not just a human being walking the earth without an internal makeup. The spirit of God put within you a spirit that's meant to contain him. And so this is where we get it off sometimes. Every person walking the earth has a spirit. Not all of them are alive, but much like a deflated balloon, when the spirit of God comes and lives inside of us, our spirits inflate. And what we didn't have access to, we now have access to You know, the Bible says that once we receive Christ as Lord and Savior of our life and we ask him to forgive our sins and live inside of us, guess what? Bam, everything fills up on the inside of us. The Bible says we get a new heart. We get a new mind. The Bible says we get a new purpose. We get a new future. Like everything begins to work right on the inside of us. And what we didn't have yesterday, we now have today. What we couldn't see yesterday, we can now see today. There is a profound difference in being a Christ follower and the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You go, what do you mean the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible says that when Jesus left the earth, Jesus said, I'm not just going to go to the Father up in heaven and wait for you. No, no, I'm going to send my spirit to come live among you and to tell you like what I want for you and to communicate with the Father's thinking and to, to give you the power to live on the earth around you. And so we get to ask the Holy Spirit to come live on the inside of us. Isn't that amazing? We have, yeah, Holy Ghost is what the Bible says that lives on the inside of us and speaks on behalf of the Father and shows us what we need. And the Bible says he's called the comforter. He's called the counselor. 
He's coming to lead us and guide us and to nurture us so we are never alone on the earth again. Can I get an amen wherever you are? Thank you, Jesus. So this spirit within us, we have to understand that when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, everything begins to work right. I've had some friends in my life, I remember this one friend where we were in small group for many years together, and she always battled with all kinds of things. We would bring up, you know, fasting, and we'd bring up tithing, or we'd bring up, you know, living this way, or giving this way, or whatever it was, and it felt like she was always battling, like always coming back and saying, well, I don't think this, and I don't believe this, and I don't know about this. And, you know, many years later, we fell out of friendship and, you know, we've, we'd probably, if we saw each other, we'd definitely have great things to say about each other. But I remember years later, I was like doing my studying of the spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit and what it looks like. And all of a sudden I had this realization, like, I don't think she had the Holy Spirit living on the inside of her. Now, I'm not judging that. Like, I, I don't know that, you know, I would never be able to make that total assessment, but there was something in it where I realized that some of these things that made sense to a believer just wasn't making sense to her. And I really think it had to do with that she didn't have the Holy Spirit communicating on the inside of her. And so she was trying to get all of the head knowledge into her head and all the heart knowledge into her heart, but from the outside, trying to push it on the inside and it was confusing and it didn't fit and it didn't connect. Instead of it coming from the inside out and saying, yes, and it's a resounding, you know, it's like when you have an internal spirit saying, this is what God says, and this is what he believes, and this is what he wants to do in you. And then the outside is saying the same thing. It's like the two voices are connecting and there's a unity and there's a a resounding yes in our lives and our hearts, our minds and everything around us. And so if you're struggling and you're just having a disconnect and you can't seem to get it working right and you can't seem to be free and you can't seem to have clarity, my question to you is, do you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? Have you actually asked him to come and fill you, not somebody else, but you? Like, Have you said, Holy Spirit, I don't have the evidence of you walking in my life. I need the evidence of your your relationship in me. I need you to come and help me. And so I want you to take a minute. And how do you do that? You just ask him, Holy Spirit, I believe you're real. I believe that you've come to live inside of me. And so Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come and fill me, fill my spirit. I need, I want to walk with you. I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And you ask him right at this moment. Some of you, you've asked him, but you're not really living with his reality. He's not really empowering you. So take a minute right now and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to empower my life. Forgive me for not consulting you. Forgive me for not going to you. Forgive me for not utilizing you. This is the craziest reality. You have a call on your life, but guess what? The Holy Spirit has a call and his call and mandate is to help you. Isn't that powerful? So we have the spirit of God every single moment of our lives that's in our world saying, I want to help you. I want to counsel you. I want to comfort you. I'm available to you. And we have an opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to lean into that resource or I'm going to resist that resource. And so the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So the Holy Spirit comes and makes things right. And that's the most powerful part. You know, over at Truth Academy, we're going to talk more about what it looks like to grow your life and how to overcome guilt. And one of the things I want to talk about this next week at Truth Academy is I want to unpack the idea 
of what why things work and why things don't work in our lives. Like if the Holy Spirit's working perfectly in our lives, then why do we still have problems? Why do we still struggle? I want to unpack that. There's more to that concept. And I want us to look more into that reality of why we struggle. But today, take a deep breath. The Holy Spirit is living inside of you. He's here to help you. And most importantly, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to building that flourishing, vibrant life. In fact, the seed of purpose and call and abundance is all inside of you. You don't have to look for it anywhere else. It is inside of you. And the Holy Spirit wants to give you innovative realities and ideas to build his kingdom on earth. He wants to give you supernatural revelations that only he can give you that will help you build the kingdom that's around you and that he wants to build inside of you. So I love you guys. If this speaks to you, make sure you give us a shout out on the socials. And most importantly, if you really, really love this, please send and post a review on iTunes. It means more than you know. I love you guys and I'll catch you next time.